Hi, and welcome to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message, where we study scripture together verse by verse. Let's jump in now for this week's message. It's being with fellow believers on Sunday morning or Wednesday evening or whatever time you're with other believers. Use that time in those relationships for encouragement. It is the good news of Jesus Christ. We get together and we say, I am just thankful that Jesus has saved me because this last week, I've not really been all that savable, right? There is no spiritual gift of discouragement, <laughs> right? There's no, that's not, it's not such a thing. Well, Brent, my, my spiritual gift is correction. No, not, that's not a spiritual gift. My spiritual gift is discouragement, you know? For those people who get all excited and wave their hands around whenever they talk about Jesus, my job is to get them to stop acting like an idiot and calm them down and tell them, you know what? Life is not as good as you keep saying. This life is difficult and it's hard. It's so hard to be a Christian. Come and be depressed with me. No, 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 no. That's not a spiritual gift. These are people, fellow believers, are people who you share your hope, your hope, your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not the time to think in the sense of one person is there to encourage and I'm just there to absorb. No, when we get together as the body of Christ, as with fellow believers, every one of us come. Every one of us come. Every one of us who are believers come with a spiritual gift to give to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to talk about the glory of God so that other people will see our community, to see our faithfulness, to see Christ Jesus in the body of Christ, to make a little light shine, and then people will see it and they will come to, the, to Jesus. Yes! Well, Brent, what if I just wrote a check and we start a really good evangelism program? God wrote a check. He hung it on a cross. And he said, believe in me. Let your life be transformed. That is God's evangelism program. Is you. Oh, that's good. All right, church. The good news of Jesus is encouraging news. It is a gift that we have to give to others. If we don't share it, it will not spread. It will stagnate. Unshared faith, it stagnates. Growing up, I remember the illustration of the Dead Sea. You know why the Dead Sea is dead? It has no outlet. So water flows in, brings all these minerals and all these heavy metals and stuff and salt, and it stays right there. The water evaporates off and it leaves all the minerals and nothing will grow. You know why? Because in your spiritual life, you need to have some input. You need to have some output. If you don't have any output, you're just going to be all... <laughs> don't look around right now. Yeah, you'll stagnate. It's no good. Our time together, listen, our time together is precious. We get to be with other believers. Let us use it to the very best of our ability and celebrate Christ together. Share our faith with one another. Pray for one another. Paul is telling them, I pray for you day and night. And encourage one another. 
here again, I'm going to take a pop shot at typical church ministries. I mean, we're, we have a prayer team as well, but we, we start to have this sense of, well, if you need prayer, you know, there's the prayer team. They'll go to the front. They'll pray for you. No, if you need prayer, let's pray. As a believer, I know I'm so far off my notes and I was going to preach short. Sorry. As a believer, I want you to know that I know personally the perfect mediator between you and your problem and the God of the universe. And so if you have a need, I'll pray with you. I want to tell you about Jesus and he, we're going to take your need before the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to come boldly into his throne and say, Lord, my brother has a need and we trust that you can meet that need. You can do that. Well, I'm not on the prayer team. Jesus died for you to be on the prayer team. Genius. It's the body of Christ. That's how it works. Number three, indiscriminate news. We're just going to hit all of the topics, hot topics this morning. Indiscriminate news. Romans chapter one, verse 13. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you but I was prevented until now. So he has a plan to go now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles. For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. If you were to put yourself in the then and there of this text, he's being really harsh. I have an obligation, sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, the educated and all of those uneducated people alike. The New Living Translation is much more diplomatic here than other translations. I really like the New American Standard and even the ESV says, I am under obligation both to Greeks right? That would be in Rome, the Greeks, uh, in that area. It's a whole historical lesson. And two, the other word is barbarians. The Greeks, where we get our philosophers from, intelligent people, smart people, and then the barbarians. Both the wise and to the foolish. The Greeks were the educated and civilized people. The rest of the world were barbarians. The word barbarian comes from they were babbling. They didn't understand what the Greeks couldn't understand what these people were saying. So they, they were babbling. So they called them barbarians. There are the wise, the Greeks, and there's the foolish, those who are not so fortunate, fortunate enough to be Greek, right? I think it was in a movie one time. There's two types of people, people who are Greek and people who want to be Greek. Wasn't that my big fat Greek wedding? I think that's kind of where Paul's kind of coming from that. I mean, his background is he is a Jew, he is a Hebrew, but he's also a Roman too. He's born a Roman. So he's kind of coming from this place of, of intel, intelligence and, and pedigree. And, and he says, but I am obligated to both. Paul doesn't care what your nationality is. He doesn't care how educated you are. See, our world likes to make a big issue out of how we're different. Paul comes along and the gospel comes along and says, 
All that is important is that you know Christ Jesus. But I'm poor. Doesn't make any difference. This, I have this color of skin or I don't have this color of skin. And Paul says, it's all about knowing Jesus. But I am not born into a family of Christians. Listen, listen, listen. If you miss everything else I say this morning, get this. It's not about you. It's not about your skin color. It's not about what your grandma and grandpa told you. It's not about what church you go to. It's not about how you dress or how you sing. It's a little bit how you sing. Uh, it's not about, it's not, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about, Paul just says, I just want, I am obligated to tell everyone of every nationality, color, race, ethnicity, uh, eth 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 that word, you know what I mean, uh, every social economic status, it doesn't matter, every per human being, I just want them to know I'm obligated to tell them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's going to tell us why here in a minute. He just wants all people to know Christ to the degree of spiritual fruit. Now, we kind of took a turn right there, didn't we? It's not just giving people the gospel, but giving the, them the gospel to the degree of spiritual fruit that is visible in their lives. People need to know that knowing Christ and being transformed by salvation supersedes skin color, socioeconomic status, education, on and on. No matter who you are or where you are in life, the ultimate goal is the same, to share the good news for the purpose of seeing spiritual fruit in the lives of others. But Brent, I'm not a pastor. It's not about you. Uh, I'm not a Sunday school teacher. Not about you. I'm not on the praise team. Not about you. I don't go to church as often as I should. It's not about you. Our purpose, our ultimate goal is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people to the end of spiritual fruit that we begin to see their lives changed. It may not happen one time. I mean, it may not happen in one sharing of the gospel. We may have to live, we may have to share life with them for a while before they begin to see Christ in us and they start to say, that's what I need and I want my life to be different and they accept the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not trying to share the good news with them so that they will agree with us or be like us. It's not about you but we want to share the gospel with them so that they will bear spiritual fruit, so that they will become fully devoted followers of Christ, so that they will become Christ-like, so that they will bear spiritual fruit just like Christ. Are you with me? I'm moving on. Number four, number four, redeeming news. So Paul says, I wanna to come to you. I wanna share my faith with you. I wanna encourage you. I wanna be encouraged by you. I want, I want you to uh, share the good news. I feel obligated to share the good news with you, with everyone, everyone. Number four, redeeming news. He says in verse 15, he says, so I am eager. Paul, he's all excited. So I am eager to come to you in Rome to, to preach the good news. I read that really weird, didn't I? He says, I'm eager to come to you too to preach the good news for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving who? 
everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Paul is consumed with this good news. He's eager to preach it. He is not ashamed of it. Why is he not ashamed of it? Why is Paul not ashamed of the good news? Why would I even make an issue out of that? It is not the message of his nation's religion. The good news message is not the message of Judaism. This isn't what he grew up learning. This is a different message. This is not the message of the Romans' religion or the religion of Rome. Paul is eagerly and unashamedly declaring a good news that has gotten people killed. And he's excited about it. Are you following? He says, I will come and share it. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Sure, it may cost me, but I'm going to tell people about it because it is the power of God to salvation. The good news was marginalized and criticized even in the first century. Because here we are in the 21st century going, oh, it's so hard to be a Christian now. How many of your friends have been crucified or killed over their faith? None. Stop it. We probably live in the most glorious free time on the earth in time to worship God. Let me just encourage you. Stop being discouraged. <laughs> this is wonderful. Paul lived in a time where people actually got killed because they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul tenaciously, he is tenaciously determined to preach the good news of Jesus. Why would the Apostle Paul risk his freedom, even his life, to proclaim the message of Jesus? Why would Paul risk so much? Because it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. We were watching a movie and they were talking about world peace and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, every time we talk about world peace, it often is with, you know, how are we going to solve? Oh, it was yesterday. We had a question, you know, peace or, or if you get rid of hunger or get rid of war all over the world, which one would you choose? And we often think about, you know, how does this work? Da, 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 da. You know what? Jesus is the answer. And we've been saying that, that's the, that Jesus is the answer for 2,000 years. We just say it, though. We don't actually believe it. We just say it. You want the world to be at peace? The world needs Jesus. Well, yeah, but I'm not going to talk about it because it offends people. Do you want peace? Do you want, do you want people to come and be reconciled with the creator of the universe? Well, yes. Then you got to tell them the message of Jesus Christ. Yeah, but the message of Jesus Christ is about dying to yourself. That ain't cool. It's about Jesus dying on the cross and shedding his blood for the forgiveness of your sins. So then I have to tell them that if they're a sinner, that's offensive. They don't like that. So then we become ashamed to tell people, if you want eternal life and you want to be reconciled to an eternal God, you got to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's just too much, so I'm just not going to share the gospel. Not Paul. Paul says there's one thing that matters, one thing that matters, and that I am obligated to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to Jews, to Gentiles, to Greeks, to barbarians, to fools, to the wise, to everyone, because the gospel is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. There's only one message. Romans chapter 1, verse 17, he says, This good news, 
This good news tells us, I got way ahead of myself, didn't I? Tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Did you follow what's happening? Who's at work? Yeah, the good news is the power of God at work. And then he says, this good news tells us how God makes you right in his sight. This, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Paul will risk it all because he knows there is only one way to be made right with God. There's only one way to be made right with God. Well, Brent, that's really arrogant, and it's actually, now it's racist. I don't know how it's racist, but it is racist. It is not acceptable for you to be so exclusive. It's not acceptable for Christianity to exclude those who want to be right with God by whatever way they create in their mind. Well, I'm glad that you're thinking that way because Paul is going to actually address that line of thought in a few weeks. Yeah. Paul puts it all at risk because he knows that there is only one way to be made right with God and that is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is by trusting in the Lord Jesus to be your savior, to be your Lord, to be your God. Well, Brent, I don't really need a God because, I mean, I have a good job. I provide for me and my family and we have good health care. And so when we're sick, we go to the doctor and um, we're basically good people. So I don't know why I would need a God. I do think that this is the big speed bump in America and our Christianity is because we just don't, what do we need God for? Are you going to pray to the God over the crops to make your crops good this year? No, no, you don't, because we don't think in terms like that. We don't think of, we do not typically, in our culture, we do not typically think of there being a superior divine being who actually has control of things over us. Are you with me? Not a God. Now, now we think of a divine being that whenever we need him or want something, we can ask him, but he's more of a peer. Whenever we want something from him, we'll ask for it and he has to give it to us because we asked correctly. Paul says, no, this is God at work in you by the gospel because the gospel is the power of God for salvation, not your thinking, not the way you think that you should come to God, but the way that God has said you come to God. I think I'm talking in circles. It is by faith that we come to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's by trusting in the Lord Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, as your God. As I read this verse, there's two questions that pop in my mind. I'm coming in for a landing, if you're wondering. I'm going to quit here in 30 minutes. Two questions. Do you care whether you are actually right with God? Do you care if you're right with God? Because often we come to Christianity saying, my life stinks and I need God to help me have a better life. Right? And Paul is presenting a gospel that says, here is Jesus. He will make you 
through Jesus, he will make you right with God, the creator and savior. And we're like, I don't, I don't really care. I just need to pay some bills and I want God to help me pay my bills. Are you, are you following me? Do you care whether or not you are right with God? Do you care if God looks down on you and says, yes, I love you, thank you? Because if you do care, then the good news, watch this, if you do care, because some of you just went, oh, yeah, I do care, I do care, it's important. If you do care, then the good, the good news, the gospel message of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done becomes extremely important to you. So important that I would even say that your eternal life is based on what is important to you. So when we get together, what do we talk about? We talk about what's most important to us. Now you're thinking about what you talk about, right? Oh, we talk about hunting and fishing. We talk about cars. We talk about Brent and what he wore on Sunday. And is he ever going to dress nice or not? I don't know. I don't know what we talk about. But if, if our belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, if the gospel message is the power of God for us reconciling and being made right with God, that's a very important message. It should be at the forefront of our minds and the forefront of our conversations. My second question is, do you care whether others are right with God? Because if you do care, if you do, because we say we care, right? We say we care. We, we're concerned about those that don't know the Lord Jesus. If we do care, then you will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you will share the good news of Jesus Christ because you know that that is the power of God for salvation. You'll share the good news. Whenever your friends have problems, you'll tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's the answer. I would elaborate, but that's it. That's all I got. That's all there is. My concern is that we are so self-absorbed that we do not want to submit to any God of any sort in our lives. We ultimately do not care whether we are made right with God because we essentially do not care what God, if there is a God, thinks about us. Are you following I think for some of us, it's kind of a new wrinkle. Wait, I should be thinking about what God thinks about me? Yes. Or we presume that we can be reconciled to God on terms other than what the Bible teaches us. So I will come to God, but I'm going to come to God on my terms. I'll read the Bible when I want to, if I want to. I will repent of my sins if I feel guilty over them. But you know, there are some sins that are justified. And so I'm going to go ahead and do those sins. And God will just understand because he's God and he's a loving God. And, and this is about me and not about him. Are you with me? Yeah. We're going to come to God on our terms. And that is not the way it works. If being reconciled to God is not important... If being reconciled to God is not important, then preaching the good news and sharing the good news is not important either. Priority of topics in your conversations. It's not important, so we don't talk about it. If faith in Jesus is not essential, 
If it's not essential, then the good news has no meaningful value. It's not, it's not important for us to talk about it. It's not important for us to gather and celebrate it. So, here we go. This good news is essential to a person's being made right with God. It is essential. If you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you got to know the good news. If you want other people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, you got to share the good news of Jesus with them. You with me? It is essential. The good news spreads because people of faith live it. We live it. We don't just believe it. We live it. This good news supersedes race and economic status and it reaches out to everyone. In one version of my sermon today, I had put in my notes that we do not get to pick and choose who gets to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. God brings people into our lives and we share the good news with them. We will trip over the people who God brings to us because we got to tell somebody else about Jesus. Listen, just tell the people that God brings into your life about Jesus. You'll be doing fine. You'll be doing really good. Are you with me? We don't pick and choose. Well, I, I want to, I remember in Bible school, there was a lot of, well, I'm called to the brown people. I'm called to the browner people. I'm called to white people. I'm called to, or a re region. I know some of you, I just made terribly uncomfortable, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, God has called me. You know what God has called us to do? To share the gospel with people who we know. If you wanna go somewhere else and share the gospel, great, go somewhere else and share the gospel. But we don't pick and choose who we're gonna share the gospel with based on the color of their skin, how much money they have, what kind of car they drive. Are you with me? People, God brings people into your life. You share the good news of Jesus with them. Why? Because it's the power of God to salvation. For everyone who believes this good news is the power of God to make people right with him. That's why, that's why. There is no other message on the planet that reconciles sinful man to a holy God. Church, the message of Jesus is essential. It is the one and only message of salvation. Are you with me? Jesus, the good news of Jesus Christ is the only message for you and for everyone to come to know God and to be reconciled into a right relationship. So back to Paul's model in our text. So we pray, we pray we pray for other believers to live out their life in faith because that shines a light to our community and people come to know Jesus. So we pray for other believers to live out their life in faith and we pray for those who have not yet believed to hear the good news and have the opportunity to believe. I've told you time after time that here in San Juan County, over 53,000 people have not had an effective presentation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, Brent, how is that possible? You know, you know how it's possible? Because all of us Christians like to just group up and hang out together and we avoid those people that don't think like we do. There's a time to go, go do something different. Hang out with some people that don't know Jesus. Share your faith with them. Don't be ashamed when you hang out with unbelievers. Be the one that is filled with faith and power and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? 
So we pray for other believers to live out their life of faith. We pray for those who are not believers to hear the good news. Let's stand together. I want to take a moment. And if you have someone on your heart that you want to pray for, I want you to just put your hand up real high. Say, I have somebody in my life that's an unbeliever. I want to pray for them. We're going to join our hearts together. We're going to pray for those that we know in our sphere of influence. We're not praying for the mission field. We're praying for those people in our lives today that God will make us effective at living the good news of Jesus Christ so that they will see the light of Jesus. Let's bow our heads together. Father, you see the hands this morning that are lifted. You see our hearts. You know that our desire is to glorify you with all that we have. So, Father, this morning, I pray that you will give us boldness. Give us boldness today and to speak the words that your Holy Spirit puts in our mouths to speak to those that do not know you. Help us to, to boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. When others have a need, help us to speak up and say, hey, Jesus is the answer. And we can tell them about how Jesus is the answer. Lord, I pray that you would use us as vessels in your kingdom. Lord, that we, would show, that we would show some spiritual fruit in our lives so that others can see it. Lord, we want you to be glorified in all that we are. Father, I just pray that you would transform our hearts and our lives and that people would see that transformation and they would want to be transformed as well. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We are so excited to be a part of your kingdom we're so grateful for your salvation in our hearts and our lives. Be glorified in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. You have been listening to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. on Main Street in Farmington, New Mexico. If you'd like more information, please visit our website at desertheightschurch.com.